Hello and welcome to BlazePod. It's Wednesday, the 1st of December. My name is Ben and on the line it is Andrew. How are you doing, mate? I'm very well, mate. What about yourself? Well, I know what the answer to this is going to be. <laughs> I'm okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm live from the plague house where uh, where COVID has unfortunately struck, hence the delay to uh, to this podcast. But uh, no, I'm doing all right, thank you. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty mild symptoms so far in this house. So uh, go science, get your uh, get your jabs, and uh, then the, the worst <laughs> you feel like is just like you've got a cold or something. Hopefully, um, but yeah, so. Slightly, slightly bad timing means that um, I wasn't able to go to the Bristol City game. So at least I didn't have to wade two hours back in the snow or anything after that one. So mm. silver linings yeah. and all that. But um, yeah, I'm here now. I think I can talk through this. I'm, I might end up a little bit, um, a little bit short of breath a few times, I suppose. But uh, hopefully not. We'll we'll plough through. I think because we've got we've got so much to talk about. Last time we recorded, there really was... is. There really is. I've had these notes prepared since Sunday. Obviously, we didn't know that you were going to wear it. Obviously, it's Saturday night, should I say? Mm. Obviously, we didn't know you were going to get ill. So um, I'm like, right, write this down. Thought that then now I forgot what I've written. So, <laughs> <laughs> so on Thursday, uh, Slavisa Jakanovic was was relieved of his duties as Sheffield United manager. We recorded an episode reacting to it, maybe like, and I mean, it was before it had been officially confirmed, actually, which is quite a uh, an important point, I suppose. Um, yeah, reacting kind of in real time to it, and uh, yeah, well, a lot happened in the next few hours that meant that that podcast went kind of out of date very quickly. Yeah, uh, and since then we have played a game of football. We have a new manager. Um, we won a game. We're going up. And we're going up, yeah. Everything's uh, everything's uh, everything's coming up, uh, smelling of roses now. But um, we let's let's start here, I suppose. Well, let's let's wind the clock back to Thursday uh, in the stuff that we that happened after we recorded. Mm. So we said on that episode, like we were saying, our oh, Heckingbottom will, you know, he'll he'll be the manager for at least the next few games. You know, interim manager knows knows the club, knows the players, knows the system, la la la. Um, you know, and then we were kind of semi. I mean, at one point you said, you know, imagine if Heckingbottom gets a, a three year contract, and I <laughs> I listened back to the episode afterwards, and I I stifled some bitter laughter at that point. Well, it's he really, did, he, yeah, because I'd not listened back actually, but someone did obviously flag up that we'd said. He's definitely not going to get it or something along those lines. Yeah, uh, and he definitely did get it. Not for three years, but for four and a half years. Till, uh, yeah, I think, I think you said something along the lines of um, if we're going to give it to Eckingbottom until the end of the season, because my mate messaged me this, if we're going to get it to Eckingbottom, we're basically writing the season off. So we've not done that. We've, we've written five seasons off <laughs> instead. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess now we're, we're, we're a bit further on from Thursday, obviously. We, we've obviously played a game mm. and won a game. Uh, do you want to give me a reaction to Heckingbottom being named the the manager? Maybe we can dovetail this with the press conference as well that took place at the yeah. same time, Ma- which I avoided watching until about half an hour ago. Yeah, I, that's probably yeah. Lucky you. <laughs> um, I reckon that, um, for instance, I mean, I'll come on to my Roy's theory about what happened later on. But okay. my initial reaction when Eckingbottom was appointed was. Yeah, that makes sense. Then I looked at the bigger article. I thought, yeah, I came on to the end of the season. But what? Four and a half. And I, I, I think it's, it didn't actually say four and a half years. It said to what What year is it? Sorry, 2026? Yeah, and I think with right? an, op- an option to 27, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I, sorry, have I missed four years? Are we in 2025 now? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just presumed it got me. And I kept sort of looking at it thinking, that's four years. That that. What? That can't be... Tr- no, what? Straight on to Google, yeah, and everyone's going, five years? That's insane. Like, so what about I, yourself? Really not happy at all. Like, I was like, no. and I, I don't... So I, I wonder if I'm going to be the bad guy here on this podcast, mm. among Blade's content creators, if you like, of uh, this Bristol City win is not, not tilting my emotions too much the other way, unfortunately. Yeah. This is a hell of a step down, I think, or at least that's how it feels right now. I hope I'm proved wrong, but we've gone. We've from... gone from Wilder to Slav to Heckingbottom, and whatever you think of Heckingbottom and how well he might do, and he might do, and I, I will come on to him, and I think he's got some good. Um, po- he's got he has got some positives going for him. If you'd have said when Wilder kicked off the beginning of last season, 
oh, by the way, you're going to go, your next manager going to be slab and then you're going to have Eckingbottom. I think pe- most people would have thought, well, we're probably going to be back in League One then. I think so, yeah. That's That seems like a fair assumption. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's, I've watched that press conference, which I think has been taken slightly out of context by uh, several people, I suppose. It has, and I, and I think, in fair, I, I will defend uh, Hemingham, Hemingway, yeah, because obviously it was his quote, which he's got the most sort of... Um, the, the, the most anger directed of it. These these guys are in a room, and I think they're just trying to get quotes out as quick as possible. Mm. And it's quite evidently, if you've watched the press conference, that it isn't taken in the context that it was meant uh, when he talks about he doesn't care. And obviously that went viral. And I saw that before I'd seen the press conference, and I was as mad as everyone else. I would send, I were at work going, have you seen what he said? <laughs> like, furious. And then I got home and I was like, oh, right, yeah, he didn't really actually mean it like that. I mean, everyone will have their own opinions. I think... For, the whole thing's bizarre. He says Kevin Cookson says that the term football manager is not something Sheffield people like. Mm. Is that true? Is this the first article so. about that? No. So he says, I don't care. Um, I'm, I don't live in Sheffield. And people have taken that as he's saying about the, the entire club. I think you were main, mainly talking about that particular term. That's my... In, everyone will have their own uh, interpretations of it. I think that's what he... I, I think even if he did think that, He's not going to say it. I, I, <laughs> I, I do yeah. think this guy. I do think this guy probably doesn't have much care for the club in terms of like you know he's certainly not the history or anything like that. He's just doing a, a favor for the prince basically by being the chairman of it. But I don't. I think that has been taken out of context personally. Yeah, that, that yeah, was that... kind of how I took it as well. Watching it back as a uh, businessman in charge of a organization. This this Sheffield United could be. You know, could be anything to him. Could be whatever. Uh, for some reason, I can't think of any other football club right now. <laughs> just you know, it could be Stoke City or Preston or something like that. It, it doesn't make yeah, any difference yeah. about it, what the actual it, entity if the, is. If the, if the prince gets a job in Newcastle somehow and he, he put him in charge of there and he'd be saying the same things, I don't think he's got any national like connection or anything like that yeah. to to Sheffield United. But I also think that you know that that particular comment, if you actually watch the interview, is not taken. It's, it's not as bad as it seems. Yeah, so uh, a, a slightly bizarre way to announce the change of manager, I suppose. And then a lot of, uh, I don't know, there's been a lot of business speak fluff around this of like, oh, it's a strategic plan that we're now changing to someone who is not a not a coach, which is what Slav was brought in to be. Uh, and several months preparing a strategic planning exercise thing. The plan was not ready when Yudkanovic was appointed. I mean, what's this just... I I sort of... like Okay, I'm I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt and believe that what you've just said is true there, but Mm. why wasn't it ready? Why, Why... I don't... There's so many things that don't make sense here in terms of... What were you doing? And all right, yeah. it's better to sort these things out now if you believe this is the optimum direction of the club. Like you shouldn't just keep, you know, doubling down on something that you've recognised as a bad strategy. But yeah. we, so I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm deviating about here. But on the on the last episode, we said, look, we've just wasted like six months of the season. But yeah. after we recorded, I realised, well, it's well, it's it's more like twelve months. We knew we were, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We knew we were relegated basically last December when we had one point from nineteen games, whatever the hell it was. And so what? We just we just fiddled around for the next ten months. Yeah, like that? I, it's, I'll I'll give you my, my theory. Bear with me. Just butt in here if you think I'm saying anything right or wrong. But I think the I've just written this down that I think we thought this group would be too good for most of the league, and a point you kind of should give us the edge if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. to, to take us over the line. We thought Ramsdale and Berger would leave and we intended on using at least part of that money to fund the areas of the squad that needed. We didn't think there were going to be as much rebuilding needed as it looks like there, there is going to be. Obviously, Ramsdale went so late and Berger didn't go at all, which means we signed nobody permanently and we had to scramble around on the last day of the, well, pretty much the last day of the transfer window for loans. A lot of the time in positions that we, we weren't desperate for in the sense of, did we need, really need Conor Hurahan? Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I think we were just sort of trying to, we were just basically trying to get anyone through the door. Um, I don't think any clubs were interested in our other players who we weren't too bothered about keeping, such as Burke, maybe even McBurney and Brewster. 
or Freeman. These are people offering nothing on large contracts. The team carried on playing badly. And it were quite clear, I think, to all of us that if Slav were to remain manager in particular, this squad was going to need a massive overhaul. This squad could not play how he wanted us to play. The board, it's quite obvious to me. Uh, it, it, they have no money. Uh, we know the, the Prince is relatively skint compared to most of our owners. And I don't think he was ready to fund anything meaningful in January or for the foreseeable future because he doesn't have it. I think we've sort of we sort of acted now as parachute payment clubs do after two years of not going up. We're doing what Stoke did now. You know, but we're doing what um, I can't think of anyone else who Huddersfield. We're doing what Huddersfield did, but we're doing it now in the first season. And I think this start to the season has basically put pay to any sort of realistic ambition from the Prince's point that we're going to get back up. Um, I think we've appointed Eckingbottom due to them believing he, he had some success with these players last season, although I would argue against that. But I think that's what they think. And he's also willing to work with no budget. And I think we called a hasty press conference where people basically badly lied around the fact about the fact that this is some sort of plan and not just the fact that we had no money and we wouldn't be investing in the first team in the foreseeable future. Yeah, it seems uh, that seems pretty pretty accurate. I think from, from where I think I'm basically, if it, I, I think I, put, the long and short of it is. We came down, we thought we were going to bounce straight back up. It's quickly become evident that that's probably not going to happen. The Prince is now thinking, I've got this massive wage bill here, I need to cut back, we're not going to go up. I suppose the, the, if you want to praise the Prince, you could say he's acted early and he's cutting back now, so there's not going to be problems down the line. If you're going against the Prince, you can just say that he's basically given up on any chance of getting promotion and, and the future looks unbelievably uncertain. Yeah, and I guess this is a move towards sustainability. Is the it probably is the, yeah. the most optimistic reading you can have? You know, appointing someone who has uh, probably the most in-depth knowledge of um, of the playing staff at like all levels of the club, I suppose. You know, yeah. understands yep. all the strengths and weaknesses. Been very familiar with um, with the the style of football that the players have been playing for such a long time, which obviously has been in place at youth level as well. The youth teams have generally played in the same way as the first team. I, I get it. I get it. It's sort of, there's parts of it that make sense to me, but it also feels, I don't know, it just feels wrong. It's, I, I can't think of a better way to put it. I think it's cost-cutting. I think it's cost-cutting as quick as possible because we think, right, we're not going to go up. As I said, you can look at that in a positive and say that unlike, for instance, Chancery down the road, Prince has seen what's around the corner and he's trying to act now. On the other hand, you could say, well, he's basically given up and he's just trying to scrape back as much money as possible. My own personal opinion is I think he's probably trying to sell, to be honest. Um, I think that the fact he's taking a back seat and all this, I think he's probably trying to put the club on an even footing because then he can maybe get some money from for the club. Because right now, I don't imagine it's worth too much. Yeah, I'm not really sure either way on that. That was one be, it's just, That's purely an opinion. I've got no inside information. Just to talk about him taking a backseat in terms of, um, obviously, he's not going to be the face of the club anymore, which, to be honest, I'm not too bothered about about him not being there. I, I want, you want to hear from your chairman, but I think, again, I don't know if that would miss... Maybe I'm looking naive. Maybe I'm being naive about it. I don't know if that was just a case of, right, we're not going to be talking about the football matters anymore. Paul Eckingbottom is now the face of the club. He'll be talking about the youth system and blah, blah, blah. Mm. It does seem like passing the book, I have to admit. But I don't know. I, I really, really, really don't know. I think the press conference for me would have been better if they did. I've said this before, that if he'd have just come out and said, right, we thought Slava get us up, but it turns out these players aren't very good. We can't afford to let him rebuild. We've pointed this idiot here because he won't go on about signing Wingers. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> and then walked out. And I think, all right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> walked out with like a, a briefcase full of cash. and A <laughs> briefcase full of cash and a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, um, that was another notable bit from the uh, press conference, wasn't it? That... Uh, Prince Abdullah's kind of stepping back from the limelight and uh yeah. Syracuse the same. Um moving out yeah, of the public eye. I've seen a lot of a lot of people speculate whether it's the Newcastle United thing. Um yeah, I don't know this myself, people saying that he's been told basically he's got to sell this club because you can't have two members of royalty in the same area. Of, <laughs> I don't know if this is true, but you know, it's bizarre because he's gone from someone who's 
I think it's been pretty good in terms of doing interviews. Obviously, he did the thing with Sheffield United away. Mm. I think he's been, he did stuff with Sky Sports. To suddenly just say, right, that's me doing, see you later. It, it seems a bit bizarre. And I can understand the, the fears that he's just basically doing a cut and run and trying to get as much money as possible and, you know, taking what he can. And I, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. The next step of the... The, the next season almost, a uh, January transfer window and then the pre-season will probably tell us even more about what realistically is going on. Yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, that approach is consistent with what there was, the rest of what they're saying, I suppose, of like, we're just changing how the club is being run and we're... I mean, they're, they're talking about, you know, Heckingbottom is, is almost the, you know, the wilder light, isn't it? They're, like, we're almost going back yeah. to the wilder model of like, this yeah, guy as is... This is what makes no sense to me, that right. we sort of had the thing of like sort of oh Chris Wilder in charge of too much to be fair the Prince mm. never actually said this but I think the feeling was Wilder had too much power we're now given more power it seems yeah. to Heckingbottom who's got a worse record <laughs> yeah yeah I know absolutely which is, is is maddening on the one hand but also sort of makes sense in terms of mm. like okay that's what you want so you you're doing the things that will enable that you know it would be it would be a worse situation if they're saying Heckingbottom is like the man for fo- all the football matters now. Um, oh, and by the way, I'm also going to sit here every two weeks and give an interview to the press about that's it. You know, yeah, what I think the club should be doing. So, and this is what I think. If you're taking the 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 positive spin of it, I think that's what you could argue that the the Prince or Yusuf or whatever was saying is that you're not going to hear about us about football. We're just going to let this guy get on with it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've you know I've worked in the corporate world before where you just have people that don't have any experience of whatever industry you're but uh, particular passion or experience of the industry that you're in. They're just essentially, uh, you know, COOs, chief operating officers. The thing that what's annoying is that if this is the case, and this is, like I say, a positive spin, they delivered it appallingly. They delivered the, the, the actual sort of, I mean, but the thing with Bettis when he was saying Paul will not be judged on results. Obviously, everyone, I, I know what he's saying by that. I know, I think what he's, well, I think I know what he's saying. Hmm. I think he's basically saying this is a longer, bigger thing than just what happens on a Saturday. This guy's going to try and oversee the entire, basically the, the, the entire future and the development of the youth team and bringing people through. And he's not just going to be judged on short-termism. It's a long-term project. Hmm. But to come out and say he's not just going to be judged on results... It's a terrible bit of PR. <laughs> it's a bit odd. What um, what percentage chance do you think that Paul Heckingbottom is still the manager in twelve months' time? I think he might be. I think he will be manager in twelve months' time because I don't think we'll get. This is where the, the sort of positive of Heckingbottom, what I was talking about earlier, comes into it. I actually think short term we'll get better results mm-hmm. because I think that the, the they will play to a system that does suit these players better. Is it good enough? I don't think so. I've talked about these players, and I'll be the first to hold my hands up and delightfully admit that I'm wrong if suddenly we go on a run and get in the playoffs. I just don't see it, personally. Yeah. I don't think I think that win against Bristol, everyone's going, wow, we're back, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I need more than that, <laughs> to be honest, to, to sort of get onto that train of thought. But I do think we... I don't. I didn't think we we're going to go down under Slav, but I'm absolutely positive this is famous fast words. We're not going to go down <laughs> under Eckingbottom because I think it'll work better. I think these players will probably work better for him. Yeah, no, I agree. I, th- I, I think I misspoke last time on the last pod. I, I meant to say that um, <clears throat> changing manager probably raises the floor on our season. I think it said. I think I said it lowers the floor. But I meant what I meant was the. The worst case scenario just got a little bit better, I think. You know, the yeah, potential yeah. for us to get relegated has declined slightly by moving. We're not trying to implement anything new. And when you're trying yeah. to implement something new like Slav was, you probably are going to pick up, unless you've got a team full of brilliant players, you probably are going to pick up bad results and it's going to be a transitional season to start with. Yeah. And that could always snowball into something awful and you end up getting relegated. I think now we're going back to basics almost. And I think we do have enough in the squad to, to not worry about getting dragged into anything like a relegation fight to be honest especially under Akimbaum and especially given the uh, strength and in inverted commas of the rest of the league which is yeah almost every week I'm shocked by how bad it is to be yeah, honest we'll come, to, we'll come on to the game obviously but we, Bristol City would I mean if there's any of their fans listening no offence to him but that I don't even know if that were a League One standard performance from them. It was not good at all. Uh, what else did I want to say? Um, yeah, so so I think um, yeah, moving to Hackingbottom, I do think it it, it it lifts probably the lowest place that we can finish this season. But 
my worry is we're just going to be having the same conversations in 12 months' time, yeah. asking all the same questions about the same players who are still here yeah. because we can't get them off the books and we yeah. still have faith that all it, all it takes is someone who understands the landscape of South Yorkshire football, end quote. That. that brilliant, that the landscape of South Yorkshire football. We're the best club in South Yorkshire, we're rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> no, the landscape of South Yorkshire football is a... A post-apocalyptic hellscape, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, completely. We're, we're... I think you're right, though. I do think you're right. I think that we, we've realised that Slav was not going to get anywhere near the best out of this, these players. Heck, a bottom mind, I don't know. But I think if we weren't going to rebuild and we and spend money and we can't get people off the books and it doesn't look like we can and we're going to stick with this squad for a couple of years out of just because no one else will come in for him, it would probably were the right idea not to have Slav in charge because I think he wasn't going to get the best of this num- this squad but it does just lead you down a, a road of like I say we're acting like a, a club whose parachute payments have run out mm. which maybe is a prudent thing to do it's See, not, this a, is the it's positive fun, spin on but... it the, the positive spin on it and I know people like a bit of positive positivity from Blades Pod so mm. the positive spin on it is he's seen what's about to come and he's acting out rather than leaving it for two years and then all of a sudden we're having this massive sort of, oh my God, we're going to have to let him go for a free, we can't afford him and we're going to get points deductions and stuff like that. Yeah, that is, that is a good silver lining, I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, Paul Heckingbottom is the manager. Uh, yeah, how do you feel about it now? I, there's a good, I've not listened to this interview yet. A uh, guy now, um, Mitch, put me on to... Um, listening to the Not The Top 20 podcast that did an interview with him a couple of years ago, and he was very impressed with what he's got to say. I didn't realise how qualified he was. He's got the highest uh, coaching badges you can possibly get. Mm. I think he's really well respected in the game as a coach. I yeah. think his coaching is sort of something that he's, he is well respected for. His, managerial, his managerial career, unfortunately, so far speaks for itself, and that's the worry that we're giving so much control. I think having Heckingbottom overseeing things with possibly another manager, makes really good sense. This guy who's sort of done the youth team, he's got all the coaching badges, he knows his football, and then someone with a more proven record underneath him, I think people have probably been happy with that. But him as the manager, he's completely unproven. Yeah, and uh, brings in McCall and uh, and Jack Lester, neither of yeah. whom have uh, particular managerial success, I think it's fair to say. I mean, not... No, I listened to both their interviews yesterday, and they both speak really well, really, really well. I think they do get United, if whatever that means, mm. for I don't. I think that is massively overplayed. I get the club, but just little things like McCall G in the crowd up before the game and stuff, and short-term, that might work. Long-term, you need more, obviously. But I... I I I I hope that they seem determined to you know to uh, make the best of this opportunity because it's the best opportunity they've had. McCall since he's been Warnock's assistant, you would have thought maybe Bradford manager possibly in League Two. Mm. Certainly in Jack Lester's case, I'm really conflicted on this. I want to I want to be wrong. Like this is one of the things I <laughs> most want is to look like a complete idiot, mm. and all this works perfectly and. All it takes is someone who understands the club and, you know, yeah, you can yeah. understand what he's saying and he's passionate. I don't think it's anywhere near as simple as that. And as I say, after I've seen so many, after the Bristol City win, see, these players are good enough and you're like, mate, we're Bristol's, they were appalling. The worst thing is if you lose to Cardiff on Saturday, we'll have people saying, Becky Bottom's not the man, that's it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, it's not black and white. We, we, we have a decent enough squad to beat Bristol City at home. Long term, do we have the management and the players to get promoted? Not for me personally, but as you said, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Yeah, I feel I feel like we've gone backwards in the last uh, last week or however long it is. Um, yeah, I feel <laughs> I feel worse about the long term prospects for United than I did a week ago when Yukanovic was in charge. Um, and I wasn't a particular fan of Yukanovic because he went here long enough to make me feel anything particularly no. positive about him. It just yeah, that felt like uh, at least you know we were trying to sign, trying to play in a different way than this. Well, this three-five-two that felt completely doomed for the last eighteen months. Uh, yeah. we were trying to bring in different types of players to support that. Whereas now, I don't know, man. It's like from where I'm sat, it feels like we're just going. Let's just go back to what we know. Let's just play three-five-two yeah. yeah. with the same old players. 
It's a little bit like when Robson went and Blackwell came in. And again, short term, really well. He did really well, Blackwell, short term. And he got us to a playoff final. And who knows if he'd have got promoted. He might have been looked on very differently um, mm. by our fans. Didn't It obviously weren't sustainable. Actually, actually, I think we're in a position now of when Warnock first came in. You know those early Warnock years? Yeah. Where you have no money. Every player that you've got who actually does do something good, and we haven't got many of them at the moment, probably will be sold. We will have a couple of U-team players coming through. And you just have to hope that the same happens, that what happened under Warnock in the, a couple of years down the line, or even this season or even next season, you somehow mould a team together that's better than the sum of its parts, which is what Wilder did, to be fair. Yeah. And we do still have a fairly young squad. I won't say yeah. team. It's quite an old... The team that played against uh, Bristol City, for example, quite a few... Uh, yeah old heads in it but um yeah even discounting uh players from our own academy you know bogle brewster etc they're all in their 20s or early 20s i should say obviously wilder's legacy has been sort of um rubbished and sort of said these players he signed has left us in a bad way from certain quarters as you said they are still young this was mentioned in the press conference as well by betis and whatever you think about it that they are still young and I don't think that legacy of players that he's brought in is necessarily done just yet. I don't, I don't, I've not seen anything to suggest that they will be successors. But as you said, you know, we saw Brewster get a goal at the weekend. Bogle played a lot better in the last two games. Obviously, got a goal against Reading. Who knows? You know, they might suddenly sort of fulfil the p- potential that they were brought in to do. Yeah, well, talking to those two players, um, yeah, should we, should we talk about this? The Bristol City game itself, mm-hmm. then, which was. Uh, yeah, I, I was obviously uh, disappointed I couldn't get to it. Um, I suppose slightly relieved that it was on TV and then it doesn't look like it was the, the worst game to miss in terms of the weather as well. That was that was a lot of snow, it turns out. It was, it was. We we uh, we got there um, and it wasn't that bad. And then the way of bike, we just, we tried to get a taxi after, so I've got into a, a massive tangent here, but uh, we tried to get a taxi after at the train station and the queue were massive. And there were like one taxi there. So we walked back to Ely. It were all right past Ely, but yeah, I heard people who like were in traffic for like an hour and got about like 10 yards. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, well, thoughts and prayers with those people. And uh, yeah, hope, hope everyone got home safe anyway. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I just got to experience it through the joys of the red button. So I, I want to um, hear what the atmosphere was like yeah. with the... Uh, you know, you mentioned McCall geeing up the crowd and stuff. And I, mm. I, I did the, the feed started just as, I mean, the, the camera didn't show this because it's the classic red button, just, um, you know, fixed camera showing absolutely nothing. But I could hear, yeah. uh, I could hear Lester McCall and Heckingbottom being introduced. And uh, mm. yeah, what, I mean, what was the vibe like around Bramall really Lane? Good, really, really good sort of reception for those three. Def, uh, really good. There were no sort of boos or anything like that. And, I don't think there were twenty five thousand there to be fair, but considering the snow and everything like that, and then and the kickoff and everything, I think you know the. I don't think there were any sort of backlash or anything like that against you know what what had happened. And the team they, they got really behind the team to be fair um, for the most part of the game. I think I think we a lot of people thinking like me and you were thinking. I think I messaged you unfortunately on the on the Friday saying I'm really looking forward to it. Actually, it almost feels like a new. Although I'm not sort of anywhere near sold on Eckingbottom or the future of the club. I did get the feeling we were going to see a different sort of performance, and I think we did. And I think it was a really difficult day as a whole for the crowd to make so much noise because of the weather and stuff, because everyone's freezing cold. But mm. it got an unbelievably good reception at the end of the game. Hmm. Well, that's, that's encouraging to hear. Yeah. We, obviously, after a win, you do. But I think we all saw a performance that was much sort of more aggressive. Um, and much more, I hate saying this, but, you know, much more Sheffield United. Yeah. <laughs> but it did, it felt it felt a lot a lot more like the good stuff that we'd had under Wilder, although obviously nowhere near that at this moment. Yeah, it was uh, it was, it was was a good performance for sure. It was, it was, I was thinking about this, it was undoubtedly one of our more complete performances of the season yeah. in terms of... Complete's a brilliant, yeah, because I, I think Peterborough are better. I think there's an argument to say... For the first seventy, sixty minutes against Blackpool, we might have even been better there, but we didn't score. Mm. But as you said, for the whole game, there weren't any of these horrible spells that we've been having, where twenty minutes we've just not done anything. I felt like we could create something most of the game. Yeah, and defensively, uh, we didn't shoot ourselves in the foot, and uh, we should say three clean sheets in a row now, which is mm. the 
I went back and looked. Uh, first, the last time we did that was um, the end of the promotion season in 2019, so April 2019, where we rattled off uh, 2-0 at home to Forest, 3-0 away to Hull, and then obviously 2-0 at home to Ipswich with uh, mm. O'Connell coming in to uh, to clinch it. So that yeah. was, yeah, what is that? It's like two and a half years ago, two, two years and eight months actually, mm. since we lasted three clean sheets in a row. Yeah. Yeah, and we've not had many shots against us for all the exactly for, for all the love I've got for for, for Wesley uh, <laughs> in goal. Um, I w- he's been very very well protected. I think in each game he's had one save to make in each match, proper save. The last three games are the best we've defended all season by yeah a distance. And it probably doesn't coincide that we've gone to three at the back in that. I don't think anyone. I, I, when, when we were talking about going to three at the back, is not going to solve everything. I think we all thought we'd be more solid, but I think we were all worried about the other end. And in this particular game, we created. There were a bit in the second half where it was quite evident. I think we were going to score. We had we had about four or five really good opportunities. You know, sharp sort of back kick and Gibbs White straight at the keeper, and we had an Egan header that just went wide. And you're thinking it's coming, it's coming. I've not felt like that for a long time, to be honest, watching United. Yeah, not too many games this season, I suppose, and particularly like uh, uh, as the games have gone on, as uh, in terms of like the the lateness in the game, we've said it a few times, haven't we? That there's not been many times it's felt like we're building up ahead of steam, and we're you know going to uh, I'm mixing all my metaphors here, but we're going to going to finally yeah. knock the door down, if you like, with a, a, a late amount of pressure. Um, yeah, just on on Fodderingham, I suppose. Yeah, he's uh, I don't know, he's he's. I think he, he he has to have some credit for those clean sheets. I, I don't. It's, it's not. He's not the reason we have three clean sheets. I think the reason is we have, um, you know, our three best defenders all on the pitch in front of him. But yeah, yeah. I said this all season. You know, we this team should be good enough where the goalkeeper just needs to not actively harm us. Like, just don't mess it up. That's all we yeah. really need from you. Make make a couple yeah. of make the saves you're supposed to make. Don't chuck it in your goal. Don't kick it straight to the opposition striker under no pressure. Yeah, don't do that again, man. <laughs> the thing is, he's a goal. Every goalkeeper at this level is going to make mistakes. That's why they're at this level. Yes. And in the last three games, I think he's made one mistake in the last three, and that was that pass out. And to be fair, he, he made up for it because from that resulting corner, he pulled a great save off. That is correct. Yes, it was a a very good save. Yeah, um, I think Bristol City's only real chance of the entire game, to be honest, where. Yeah, the, that's the only chance I thought it was in. So obviously we're right behind it, and mm. it looks it, on on the cameras. It looks like a just a decent save. But I think it was a very good save. As I said, I'm right behind that, and it, it, it go. You think it's in? You think he's edited it too quick for Fodringham to react? So mm. really good save. But yeah, after that they offered nothing. They had a very, I think, a half chance with Naki Wells at two 0 But that's yeah, yeah. Well, this is it, and this is why I just want to just tap the brakes a little. Bristol City are absolute muck, I think, at this level, aren't they? And they. They really beat, like... I got the pretty much view from from Bristol City because I thought the same. I thought these are a bad side. You know, if we lose to these, we're in big trouble. Mm. And they were really positive in the pre-match view. Actually, they were like, "We've just beat Stoke." You know, I think they were unbeaten in two or something like that. And then I got the the post-match view, and they were like, "Yeah, that's us." <laughs> Someone was like, so they, "They weren't even saying it was the worst performance of the season." So you know, that suggests that it's bad times for Bristol City at the moment. Yeah, I think so. They have the uh, the. The worst defence in the league on expected goals by quite a distance, Bristol City. Mm. So, um, yeah, they're, they're not a good team. I mean, where are they at the moment? Are they like 18th or something? Yeah, they're going to be looking over the shoulder because Hull's picked up a little bit, aren't they? Well, they'd only be... I mean, they'd be 20th, if not for the points deductions of uh, Reading and... Um, excuse me, they'd still be one point ahead of Derby, who have had 21 points deduction. deduction yeah, there, but yeah. Yeah, they're, they're not a good team. Uh, I'm... You know, let, let's lest we forget, we we also beat a not very good team midweek, Reading, uh, under yep. the previous manager. So uh, I'm pretty confident we would have beaten Bristol City even without changing manager. Um, so I, I think I think the level of performance is what has got people excited. I do think some people may maybe going over the top, but. I think it would. It was a different sort. We were definitely quicker in trying to get the ball in. Mm. I think a lot of people have been upset with the what they class as tippy tappy football and stuff, especially around the area. And we didn't see much of that. And I think that's what people have got sort of. And hopefully, it gives them confidence. You know, I think now you know Eckingbottom can say, "You you've won the last. You you sorry, you've not conceded in the last three games, and we've not actually been that great. Mm. Just you know that you are still with a chance here because." What are we, seven points off the playoffs at the moment? And I'm not saying we're going to get in, and I don't even know if it's a good thing if we win up this season, to be honest, other than the money side of things. But, you know, it's a really poor division. Really, really, really poor. And we've said before, you just need to be above average to be in the playoffs. 
Yeah, like uh, basically what Coventry are, I suppose. Uh, yeah. there's, there's never a bad time to get promoted, by the way. No, I'm, no, I'm not. No. Uh, I'm, I'm just thinking is like next season. I'm looking at Norwich yesterday, thinking, oh man, if we went up, can I go for another season like that? <laughs> <laughs> Norwich with their ten points. Yeah. How did Derby only get eleven points? I know I, I, this is my annual tradition, but. I just don't yeah. understand how. I mean, I yeah, feel like yeah. Norwich, have they even won a game this season? I know they've won some. They've won but... two matches this season. Yeah. They've won <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. Three, three games in the last 39, I think it is, in the Premier League, Norwich. When Eckingbottom won three and 11, so that's how <laughs> that's how good Eckingbottom is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Needless to say, he is having the last laugh. Um, yeah, yeah, Bristol City, bad team. But we, to be fair, we haven't always beaten bad teams this season. Uh, we, we generally have. I think we could say that. You know, we've, I mean, wins. Yeah. Wins now over Derby, Barnsley, Peterborough, Reading. That's the bottom four. Hull, six from bottom. Bristol City, seventh from bottom. Uh, The only team we've not played in that bottom seven is Cardiff, who obviously is the next game. So we have generally taken care of business against teams further down the league. Um, I mean, is the. I I don't know. Maybe this is from um, uh, having COVID and being sat on my sofa in a grump. Um, I, I wasn't overly excited about this performance I guess it was in terms of it was good I'm really glad we won I'm glad people are happy I didn't feel it was massively different to some of our other games this season I think the you know I know you're quoting or paraphrasing for someone else but um I feel the tippy tappy sideways stuff has been very overplayed um about United this season and uh, I still thought there were a lot of you know slow triangles on the wings that we've seen from the three five two in the last eighteen yeah, months. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. We I need keeper to see... didn't make that many saves. It was it was fine, but it was you know it was against a really poor team. I'm gonna need to see a lot more before. Yeah, um, the next two games for me anyway. really really big in the, in the sense of do I genuinely think hang on you know we've got a bit of a chance here or is it just a case of yeah we're a mid table team we're going to beat the bottom teams and lose to you know, lose to the top ones and stuff. I was encouraged. I think mm-hmm. that's the, that's what I'd say. We're very encouraged. I think it was more aggressive. The, the running back and winning back the ball and stuff were definitely more improved. I don't know. Some some people listen to this will be saying, we made Bristol City look bad. I, I don't know if that's true, judging by what Bristol City fans were saying about their season as a whole. We need to see it against better teams, and that's it. I and mean, I don't think you can... It's a great, encouraging start. Hopefully, gives them confidence... Hopefully, um, you know we're on a bit of a run now. Weirdly, you know, two wins and a, and a draw. No, no uh, goals conceded in the last three. Who knows? From small acorns, trees are made. Is that the, that's not the phrase, is it? What's the phrase? Is that the phrase? Something like that. Great. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Great anyway, things, whatever. Yeah, and who knows? But I need to see a lot more than um, yeah, beating Reading and Bristol City. Yeah, encouraged is fair. I'm, I'm encouraged. encouraged. I am encouraged, and I am encouraged. I, I go into the Cardiff game. If you went into the Cardiff game under Slav, I would be thinking they're probably going to be too strong for us. They're probably going to bully us. You know, they, I think I think the top goal scorers are all centre halves or something this season. Cardiff, <laughs> I think they're like, like really good on set pieces and stuff. Mm-hmm, I true. do feel a bit more sort of we've got more in the tank to deal with those sort of teams, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, what else do I want to say about Bristol City? Um, I thought Gibbs White was phenomenal, but then I do think he is phenomenal. Like, yeah. A couple of bad decisions with his shooting, uh, particularly towards the end. He really should have had at least one or two goals in this yeah, game. He but have. he was just untouchable at times. Wasn't he? Like some of the yeah. skill around the box and just turning away. Were, from I players. saw some, they were threading us too, like saying, "Oh, easy for us. He he, uh, he messes about too much." It's like, what are you talking about, man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> every, look at the highlights. He's involved in everything. I suppose the worry for me is the lone players. If the if the prince is trying to cut back and he is sort of writing off this season, and I suppose the next couple of months will be interested in that sense. If we are in around the playoffs, if we're not in around the playoffs, does he say, "Well, cut us losses, send Gibbs White back, send Ben Davis White back, send Olsen back, or whatever"? Mm. You know, because I suppose financially it makes sense if we're not going up. We've got this fantastic player, but he's not going to do enough to get us up as it stands. If we're doing the next two or three, when we're in around the playoffs, I think there'll be a yeah, real real reason for Akimam to say, look, we need to keep this guy. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Uh, but yeah, a, a joy to watch again. And uh, Rian Brewster, his second league goal of the season, mm. two in four, I think it is. Yeah. N- nice goal, really. I mean, we saw Ender Stevens getting a bit more involved going forward, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Still didn't think he was brilliant, to be honest. Um, 
but that is what it is at this point. Yeah, it, it was slightly better. He did some really poor things, I felt, on the ball, Stevens. But like you say, credit where it's due, really good on the goal. Hura handed well, mm-hmm. uh, probably his best performance of the season without being absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, Brewster were sort of, I think first half in particular, really up for it. Mm-hmm. Second half, it wasn't really sticking. I think that, I know he came off injured, but I think the Billy Sharp change did, hugely turned the game back in our favour. I think it was getting a bit even after that uh, head collision and it was sort of like petering out and we weren't really getting anywhere. And I think Sharp played really well when it came on. Yeah, second half was so disjointed with the injuries, wasn't it? I mean, uh, what did we end up playing? It was 100 minutes, was it, in the end? Uh, No, 103, yeah, 30 minutes injury time. Yeah, yeah, obviously, uh, the Bristol City fellas uh, fellas are all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, looked like a bad fall, and then I think someone else went down injured not long after that. And Brewster, it was Brewster went oh, down. Of course, with us. yeah, his yeah and obviously got taken off. And yeah, and like I say, I think that's, that I don't think Brewster holding it up that well in the second half, and I, I would sort of call him for Sharp to come on anyway by that point. And then I thought Sharp came on and did. I thought he were really good when he came on Sharp. Mm. And yep. a massive shout out, by the way, to McGoldrick, who I thought were phenomenal. Yeah, I was I was going to make sure we didn't uh, neglect to mention him, but yeah, he's. Uh, <laughs> Obviously got a couple of assists in the last two games. Uh, just highly involved in everything good that we do. Um, yeah, he's well. I've spoken enough about McGoldrick, but this is this that game is uh, the distillation of why I love David McGoldrick and why I would like him to play pretty much every game. I think. Yeah, it was it was just all over the place, wasn't it? In a good yeah, way. Yeah, uh, we should probably mention the formation as well because a lot of people mm. say we need to up front, we need to up front, and we didn't play to up front. We played sort of. It looked more. I don't know if this worked, but it looked like a five-two-three to me, rather than anything else. It was sort of McGoldrick and um, Gibbs White. Gibbs White, yeah, we're just sort of playing off Brewster, mm-hmm. and then it was just sort of Hurahan and, and Norwood in the middle. And I, I don't think it was necessarily a three-four-three neither, but it did sort of change as the game went on. So that that's interesting. That'd be interesting to watch because I think we're all saying, "Oh, Eki Bottom is just going to go back to three-five-two. I don't think we played three-five-two at any point in this game actually, like a, yeah, a proper stand. Wilder three five two, yeah, and I think since we've gone, since the back three has come back in in the last few games, um, I think that's pretty much how it's worked. We've had sort of two behind uh, a striker, so two, yeah, two attacking players behind a striker, basically. So, yeah, this there is you're right. It's, it's unfair to say it's just the same three five two we've always played. Um, and in fairness, working about the end of the last season where we've got results, albeit against teams who are on the beach. We did play a three four three then, if I remember mm. rightly. We played sort of Ben Osborne and McGoldrick behind Jefferson. Yeah, um, and that wasn't a three five two. So I don't think it's necessarily going to go back to the three five two. I think the three at the back's definitely here to stay though, and probably rightly so given the the clean sheets. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, Bruce's first half. Um, I, I think the last two games have been two of his better games actually. Just yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't really do that much at Reading, but it's it, it was more the fact he was doing stuff that he's not been doing at any other point in his blaze career. You know, like making intelligent runs, get you know, getting involved yeah. as touching the ball more, just simple things yeah, like that. Yeah, um, his runs, like you said, especially in the first half, there were a couple of decent assists that he did. There were when Gibbs White did that fantastic bit of skill, and he, he, to be fair, he, he overhit the ball. Bruce actually did really well to back heel that back to him, but obviously Gibbs White run on just little things like that, really. Yeah, and even you know just. Committing fouls, like you know, actually yeah. being involved in the game, I, I feel like so much, probably eighty percent of his United career have just been like, is he even on the pitch anymore? Like I've, I've no idea. He's not involved at all. Whereas, yeah, last mm-hmm. two games obviously helped by having a goal as well, which is a nice, nice turn and finish. Um, yeah, encouraging stuff, and hopefully he's not injured because um, I mean that would just be. It's not even typical, but it's just like, oh, for God's no. sake. Imagine that. Just as he's starting to put a few good performances together and he's yeah. tweaked his hamstring and he has to be out of the yeah. team for six weeks or whatever. So yeah. fingers crossed that he won't be. Um, yeah, McGoldrick thought was really good. Uh, oh, there's someone else I wanted to mention from the Bristol City game as well. I Mr. guess Bashit, maybe? No, I'm not sure. But um, the second goal was a lovely bit of football when it starts yeah. with... McGoldrick picking it up out wide. Norwood releases him with a great through ball and obviously uh, a fantastic cross from McGoldrick and Sharp cannot miss. And yeah, nice nice to clinch the game. It would have been a bit annoying to only finish 1-0, I think, given that we definitely deserved to win by more at that point. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Obviously good for Sharp to uh, to get another goal. Six goals, six assists for Sharp, I think it is now. I think if you take Gibbs like the... Let's say Gibbs like does go back. Obviously, we hope he doesn't. 
Yeah. I think Charlotte pretty much running away with the player of the season award at the moment, and I can't think of anyone else. I mean, you could say Basham since he's come back in, but I don't think he's played no, enough games yet. Got to be sharp. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who'd have thought that? I mean, we all, I know we was, oh, never write him off, but to be the player of the season so far, I mean, nearly, well, we are in December now. Yeah. Massive credit to him. Definitely. Um, anything you want to say about Sharp's interview after the game? Mm, a little bit spicy. I, I saw the, again, I, I sort of didn't, did the same as other people. I saw the quotes before I saw the interview. Um, a lot of people saying he, because he referred to, really referred to Slav as the other manager, it was a bit of a. A bit of a dig, I'm not sure about that, but he quite clearly wasn't happy with the training or the intensity of the training, I don't think. So, so I take all this with a pinch of salt because, yeah. you know, when you kind of it started, it was all like, this is incredible. Like, what, you know, actual quotes from the players like, oh, he's so, it's such an amazing coach and we're going to learn so much, la la la. And, uh, and now it's like, yeah, well, training wasn't really up to scratch. We've got to be, you know, working harder for each other and, you know, be a bit more aggressive and yeah, all this. And like, yeah, yeah. Right, well, just just terms of yeah nonsense like meaningless terms yeah i, I want to believe let's say that yeah i, I want to believe it's the same that... as the ekinbottom training session that went out and everyone's going look how much they're more up for it and it was obviously like a pr thing to put that out as if right this guy gets it yeah. and i've got no doubt that the training will be massively different under ekinbottom in terms of the certainly in terms of the intensity i get the feeling slab of far more of a process manager in the sense that it was more about the you know, this is what we're building on, and this forget the opposition. This is us now. I get the feeling, Ekin, but it'll be a lot more about the the work rate and not being outworked, which we have been actually this season. We have been outworked by most mm-hmm. teams. That's true. Yeah, very, very true. And if uh, if we can put a stop to that, we'll definitely climb up the league. Um, yeah, yeah. Just just given the standard, if I mean the baseline of our players should be better than 18th or whatever it was that um, yeah that were yeah. a week or so ago. Yeah, I should say. I mean we. We're 13th now, which I believe is our highest league position of the season, which is shocking, really, isn't it? <laughs> when you think about it, I don't think we'll have been that high. Also. We can't have been, right? Because we lost the first game, obviously, and then had two points after five, I believe. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, like, optimistic in terms of, like, yeah, bring on the next game now. You know, and like you, I feel like we've got a better chance against teams like Cardiff than mm. uh, I would have done under Jukanovic. Um, but I'm still just kind of, I don't know. I I'm trying not to think about the long term right now. Where I whereas I was under Yukanovich, I guess. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. Live live for the moment, I suppose. I know. Well, I, I say, like I say, short term, I think things will improve. Will it be enough? We're probably coming from if the season has started now. I, mm. I I actually would fancy us to have a proper tilt at the playoffs, but I think we're so far behind as it is, and sort of we're out. We are going to have to put a, a really good run together. And I just hope they can do it. Like we said, it's a poor division. You can, you can be outside of Fulham, and, and I don't even know if Bournemouth are that good. Uh, I think you can, you can beat any. Obviously, this team can beat anyone in the league because I think everyone in this league can beat anyone else outside the top two. Yeah. Uh, anything else to say about uh, the win over Bristol City or, or hecking? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. As a, I'm really glad I went. Like I said with the conditions and stuff like that. Um, I know you're like obviously you in the. I, I, I envied you after the match, and I'm walking on <laughs> just now, but. I did feel like, you know, I think if you'd have been there, you'd have probably got more of a, um, possibly more excitement out of it than maybe getting it on. Because I do think yep. there was a, certainly at the end, where we'd won the game and Heckingbottom come onto the pitch and the players got a really good standing ovation, the biggest of the season so far, I think. Hmm. And it, it did feel a little bit special that, I can, this is where I think all the we're back stuff comes from. I think the people who were there really enjoyed that moment of, this feels more like Sheffield United, what I remember. Even under the poor eras under Warnock, where we're mid-table, hmm. they put in displays like that where you, you couldn't really fault the energy and the effort. And I don't know if you can fault the effort as such this season, but we certainly haven't been playing like we've been running through brick walls. When This did seem more like that sort of performance. Yeah. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I hope that. Wait till you're back. You wait till you're back at the QPR game. We're one 0 alive. This is the best team of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I hope, honestly, sincerely hope so. That is yeah. really how I hope I feel about it all. Um, and I'm. I just really, don't want I'm, anyone to get carried away either way. Like yeah. the, if we lose to Cardiff, it doesn't mean we're going down. Like you know, we can't. We're, we've been sort of. Some people call us optimistic on here um, compared to other people and stuff. And people might see, think this has been a pessimistic podcast, but we also won't be saying we're in any danger of relegation if we're going down. I think right now we're we're in the right place where we should be 13th and we can improve. We can, I think we can only improve, put it that way. 
yeah, we're probably not going to keep a clean sheet every week now for the rest of the no. season. But uh, so uh, up the goal tally as well, yep. please. But uh, yeah, it's uh, like you said, it's an encouraging start. It was about it was probably about the best you could hope for. I think of you know you, yeah. you've just changed manager quite abruptly. Uh, you know that's yeah, the fans are not all on the fans are not all on the same page. It wasn't like we'd sort of sacked a really sort of unpopular manager. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think it was unpopular, Slav. I think he was just a come out of people. No, it wasn't. He was just just yeah, dis-popular. just there. It's not like we got when Robson went and everyone were delighted and Blackwell's yeah. first game and everyone was like, come on, you know, he's gone, blah blah blah. So and Eckingbottom obviously not the the sort of. Uh, Certainly not a, a glamorous appointment, and a, and someone who nobody wanted preseason. So a lot lot going on that game. I felt in a, in a sense that I think if we'd have lost that, then yeah, I think we'd have seen a real real backlash at the end of that game. And I think they needed to win that game probably for the club as a whole. Yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, a confusing five days or so to be an United mm. fan. Um, as I said, not helped by my own health, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just making yeah. everything seem a bit weirder. Not been able to leave the house and whatnot. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, just a, a strange, a strange time to support United, which is generally most times to support United, I suppose. But they, yeah. they almost outdid themselves, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I'm still not totally sure that this is going to prove to be a good decision at all, changing Jukanovic for um, Heckingbottom. But I, I do. I, I see the logic without totally agreeing with it, I think. Yeah, And uh, yeah. as I said several times, I will be very happy to be proved wrong because ultimately I just want my team to do well. I don't care yeah. who's in charge. Uh, I want them to do well on Saturday. I want them to do well in 12 months from now. And uh, yeah. we'll see if that puts us in a I'm position. I'm wrong about most things and I'm all right. I, I'm quite happy <laughs> with my life. So damn. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, let, let's talk Cardiff before we wrap up then. Um, Cardiff, as I mentioned, are eight. I've still got the league table open. They are twentieth, excuse me. Uh, five points clear of the relegation places. They've only won one game less than we have, actually. So, yeah, they're on a good run as well. I think the fourth in the form table. Mm. And uh, uh, most preconceptions you will have about Cardiff are true. They are, as you said earlier, <laughs> one of the best set piece teams in the league. They are third for set piece goals, second for set piece shots, and second for set piece XG yeah. as well. Strangely, they're third worst at defending set pieces. There seems to be a little bit of a theme, actually. Teams are yeah, it's strange. I've noticed this yeah. this season. You're either They've got Aidan Flint there as well, aren't they? So I know who I could have sworn played for Wednesday, but he was only on loan there, wasn't he? Yeah, he played about four games for him or something like that. And then he's, he's had enough and went back to the went back to the Championship with Cardiff. But yeah, I think their own records are poor in Cardiff. I'm just trying to get it up now, which is is failing to do for me. Um, I'll continue to talk while you. Yeah. Up. Um, Will Will Vokes, Mister uh, Mr. Oh, Long Throw Man himself. Yeah, he was the guy that got sent off for Rotherham, right? When he he got yeah. in a, a hissy fit because we took his towel away. Well, he would be to move to Cardiff in a Premier League, weren't they? Obviously. That is correct. Yeah, this is the uh, the player I'm thinking of. Right, he got sent off after we nicked his towel. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we we dealt with the the admittedly terrible long throws from Bristol City. They were pathetic, uh, weren't they? Even even Bristol City long shocking. throws were pathetic. <laughs> they were absolutely shocking throws. They were just high and like like what are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. So easy to do. I could head that away. So I imagine this will be a, a, a sterner test with the long throws. I think the. I think um, we, me and Egg described Bristol City in the first half as a tin pot West Brom, which is not a good thing to be, um, judging not. by how West Brom are playing. Yeah, so I finally got it up. They've only won two games at home this season. It's actually the worst uh, home record in the league. Even worse than us. Yeah, yeah, we, we're on fire, mate. We've won a. Four at home? Four. Won four, two, drawn two, lost four. And this is how bad Cardiff have been. They've won two, drawn one, lost seven. Ouch. Yeah, it is the worst home record in the entire league, so. That is bad. Yeah, we we said that this is a a nice little run of fixtures: Reading, Bristol City, and um, and Cardiff. And so far, six from six. So I jokingly said to you after the Cardiff game in the pub, "Hey, after wait till we in the Coventry game in oh, the yeah. pub. Wait till we win the next three, and then you'll you'll be uh, you'll be happy." And you're like, "Ah, then who's laughing now?" <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll both be laughing if uh, if we yeah, make exactly, it three in a row. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Cardiff also one of the more direct teams in the league. Uh, opt to do a stat called um, uh, sequence times, which is basically, it measures in time how long it takes 
um, a team to how long they spend with the ball on average before they lose it or yeah. or take a shot, and they have one of the lowest times in the league. So they they don't muck about with it. Essentially, yeah. they will as soon as they get it, they'll be trying to get it into a shooting position quickly, or they'll lose yeah. it because they're not very good on it. Um, yeah, yeah, very direct side is probably a hangover from the Warnock uh, era. Indeed, not a particular bottom ten for the pressing stat PPDA though, so they're not very aggressive on the press. Um, so oh, they're quite an old side. I, mean, I have to admit, I've done no research into Cardiff because we've had that much to talk about with the other stuff. I'm not totally sure on the the whole makeup of them. Um, their standout player has been. Uh, Another young lad who's on loan from Wolves, actually, Ryan Giles. He was... Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, top five for assists per game, expected assists, top ten for chances created per 90 minutes, and um, top five for average distance per dribble as well. So he's been... Yeah, he's been fantastic for him. So Wolves with the with the old production line going on there. Yeah, yeah. Kim Swyatt versus really well. this fella. Um, so they are, I'm just looking through the squad now. The average age is about 38. It's such a well-known championship group of players. Mm. Uh, like Sean Morrison, Aidan Flynn, Will Volks, uh, Kiefer Moore, Isaac Vassell, oh, Marlon Pack. You know what I mean? They're these players that you've come up against many, many times for different other clubs. I forgot Kiefer Moore plays for them. Yes, Keith Moore, another big man up front. Yeah. He... <laughs> I think a, lot, a lot's going to rely on Egan and Basham possibly, yeah. Yeah, and uh, possibly a sterner test for that defence and for uh, clean sheet Wes than um, yeah. than we've seen so far. I'm sticking to League One Wes, by the way. I like I like the irony of League One Wes. Yeah, I think League One Wes, especially as he's played, it's obviously done in um, uh, with, with affection, isn't it? So I, I think it is by us, maybe not by Decanio. <laughs> possibly not by Decanio now, but yeah. no stress Wes. I were calling him so no stress Wes. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. That's very. He does actually cause me stress because he takes so long to get rid of the ball. <laughs> when it, when the ball went back to him about five times on Sunday, well, just get rid of it. And he does an amazingly pass it. Oh, fair play, fair play. <laughs> <laughs> Calmer than me. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I feel more confident about this game than I would have done previously for sure. Um, but it will be a. I don't know. It's a strange one. This it, 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 Cardiff looked like a team that probably are built to take advantage of our weaknesses, but then. They're also not very good. Like, you know, the league table yeah. is what it is at this point. We've played 20 games. The 20th like said, they've come into form since uh, Steve Morrison, isn't it, manager? has uh, oh, come in. They've obviously. Yeah, it's Sackman McCarthy, didn't they? Cause they? I think they lost it's nine Steve in a row. Morrison, yeah. Oh, wait, the fellow who played for Millwall for ages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you think about no wonder the team's like it is, actually. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. You've got they've gone from Warnock to Neil Harris to McCarthy, wow. so uh, that's probably why they've ended up with this sort of uh, system or whatever there is to play now. But they've actually been on a decent. They beat last five games, beat Huddersfield at home two one, which Huddersfield have obviously done well. Do you know Huddersfield on Saturday that were the first goals they've conceded at home since September? Wow, that's that just bizarre. Yeah, um, and then they beat Preston away two one, really good result. Lost mm. at home to Hull, and then beat Luton away two one again, another really good result. No, oh, okay. So they're in. They're doing down in twentieth. What the hell will they do in the rest of the season? I think they were like. Well, they lost nine in a row under Mick McCarthy. Oh, yes. <laughs> so their actual recent form. You know, the, 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 before that as well, they drew away with Stoke three three. So it seems like away from home they're really good. They seem to lose one nil at home every week. Looking at this, <laughs> well, let's hope for another one of those. Yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to be taking a victory lap if we lose this game. And like oh, I told you, Heckingbottom wasn't the manager. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I. I Oh, I, I feel a bit more confident about it, like, as I said, than uh, I did a week ago. So yeah, absolutely. that's something. Uh, and then we're on to it's QPR after that, right? At home. Yeah, we've got the real... QPR, which mm-hmm. just sort of sums up this league. Yeah, although I think they were one of the uh, preseason favourites of the playoffs, right? I've got a bet on them, so oh, have you? Um, to, to go up. Yeah, I think they were about they were fairly good odds. I can't remember. We were about something like I can't remember twelve to one or something like that. Ooh, so. Yeah, so I've, I, I, I've put a, a, a pony on. I don't know what a pony is. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> put a pony on them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so. Nice. I might, uh, get, might, might get as many winnings as a fill-off four blades if it comes in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that one's going to be the real uh, yardstick of, you know, if if the team is trying harder and if that actually makes a difference. Absolutely. Um, but... Yeah, he's still got Cardiff to get out of the way first. Uh, win that, and um, it, I think I will definitely start to be turning my eyes upwards as opposed to my Absolutely. eyes at the minute, which I'm not even really we actually, looking. We, we can go eighth on Saturday. 
That is insane. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was insane that we were thirteenth. To be honest, when we yeah, won the no, yeah, yeah, yeah. My attitude to the league table has been: I really haven't looked at it for about five weeks because I'm just like, we're just mid-table. We're finishing mid-table. Whereas you win three in a row in the championship, and uh, regardless of where you are in the table, you you have earned the right to just check how many points behind the playoffs you are, and how many teams are in the way. Um, Final thing, uh, I saw a friend of the pod, Ad Follett, tweet this the other day. Ben Osborne was subbed on in the 99th minute in two consecutive games. I saw this. I, saw, I didn't know Adam tweeted this, actually, but I saw this, yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it was crazy enough that we have... Because th- I think we had 13 minutes injury time against Reading as well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, about the same, something along yeah. that line. So that in yeah. itself is stupid. But then for him to be subbed on in the 99th minute twice in consecutive games... It's, uh, yeah, it's quite a thing. I wonder if that's happened ever in the history of football before. So mm. another accolade for uh, Ben Osborne there. Good job yeah. by him. Uh, well, there we are, mate. Uh, it's a bit, been a bit rambling because I'm not uh, totally uh, myself, I suppose, in 100% yeah. mental frazzled capacity. Brain. Yeah. A little bit frazzled, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking longingly at people, you know, driving their cars out the window or going hey, for a walk. I'll swap later. I don't want to go to work today. So if you want to <laughs> put, put, put a mask of me on. and uh... Imagine if everyone's wearing masks again. Now any of them probably won't realise it, with you? That's true, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to be socially responsible, of course, and uh, one, one more week till I can venture outside. And hopefully, you know, everyone in this house still stays uh, relatively mild symptoms carrying on and uh, if anyone out there is uh, feeling the same I hope you're doing alright as well and uh, make a very swift and full recovery um, there we go there's my healthcare message for, for this oh, episode yeah. Yeah. <laughs> any uh, <laughs> any final thoughts or do you want to just finish off uh, plugging your stuff I noticed oh, there was a new Maidly episode dropped the other new day new Maidly episode out uh, channel 5 it's rubbish um, not, the, not the episode well, people, <laughs> people can judge that but have a listen and see what you think yourself about but yeah, we, we thought we'd do the launch of Channel 5 thinking, oh, yeah, this will be great. About, and then you're like, oh, my God, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, we plugged on anyway. So that you can get, get that Living With Made 1 or um, on Twitter we are or just anywhere you're listening to this, basically, you can find that. And The View from Bristol City, who are not happy customers. Oh, that's, that, I did feel a little bit for them. I mean, they've... they've... I think they've had their days in the sun at Bramall Lane recently. Um, the thing is, I said this on the way out. I was looking at their fans trudging back into the coach, and I thought, I'm moaning because I have to walk, I don't know, an hour and a half to get home. Hmm. Going all the way back to Bristol in this traffic on a coach in the snow. On a Sunday. After watching that. Yeah. I, I, the first time, like, normally, like, you come out and you, I don't know, you think, ah, oh, look, we beat you or whatever. I am like, oh, poor... Poor guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, they... um, yeah, and uh, they were very quiet, which obviously to do with the weather and the performance as well, and probably not a, yeah, not a great day for him. To be fair, yeah, I did, I did have a bit of sympathy even after they, uh, you know, annoyed me during the promotion season. Where oh, they... I hated them. Hated them. <laughs> Those two seasons under Wilder, the one oh, where yeah. they did the smash and grab two one when we hit the bar oh. a thousand times, and then obviously the three two, and then we lost them away that season as well. I mean. Uh, it's oh, weird yeah. how it's gone for them, really, Bristol, because they've always been a team since we come back up anyway to the championship who's been in and around the playoffs. And it yeah, seems to be... Uh, Sliding yeah, away the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway, that'll do, I think, mate. I'm going to go and uh, not talk so much for, <laughs> for a little bit. So, what does it mean, the pod? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a good idea. I'll, I'll get right on that. So, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for your time, mate. Thanks for everyone for uh, your patience in... Um, a slightly later podcast. Uh, we'll hopefully do the post Cardiff one a bit more quickly than uh, than this one was. See how that goes. And uh, yeah, well, we... we've not had another sack in and a press conference no. to get through. So. <laughs> Hecky's red and white army. Let's let's go. He's off to a, off to a winning start, which is more than uh, Yukanovic or Wilder or whoever came before them. Did did Robson win his first game in charge? I don't think he did, did he? Drew, Robson, Drew. Um, um, I think that's a good point, though. The last one to win was probably David Weir. <laughs> so, <laughs> you might be right. So now, Nigel Clough, Nigel Clough, we beat Crew 3-1. Uh, Adkins definitely wasn't a, uh, a winning start. So. No, that was a 4-0 defeat. So, it all was. the greats. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's already going better than all those people. So, good good job by you, Paul Heckingbottom. And uh, on we go, mate. We'll be back next week. Thanks to everyone for listening. And uh, thank you very much for your time and effort, as always, mate. Much appreciated. Thanks, mate. Get better soon, anyway. Cheers, man. Thanks a lot. That's it for this week's episode. So thank you once again very much indeed for downloading and listening to BlazePod. 
And thank you also to NordVPN, who sponsor this podcast. NordVPN is a service that I use to stay safe online. They encrypt my traffic on both web and mobile, so I never have to worry about unsecure websites, apps, or public Wi-Fi networks when I'm working on the move or trying to keep up with the latest Blades news on my phone. NordVPN also make it really easy for me to switch my virtual location. It takes just one single click. That gives me access to all the streaming platforms that are not available in the UK. If you're an online person, you probably know what I'm talking about. But for example, Netflix overseas, Hulu, HBO documentaries, the kind of stuff that is not available in the UK, you can get access to with just a single click through NordVPN. NordVPN is also fast and secure costs the equivalent price of just one cup of coffee every month uh, for which i get premium cyber security they also have a special offer for bladespod listeners of course all you need to do is head to nordvpn.com bladespod or use the code bladespod when you sign up and you will get 73 percent off your plan plus a bonus gift it is a limited time offer for this month so do not wait around head to nordvpn.com bladespod today That's all for this episode. Thanks again for listening. Take care and we'll be back soon.